You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hello, everyone. Um, Like Steve said, my name is Danielle, and I am the kids pastor here. Usually I'm with all of your kids on a Sunday, and I'm going to be really honest with you. It is very weird to be (laughs) in church with you guys and not over in the gym with them. But I am um, very glad to be here with you guys this morning and getting to share in part three. Um, So it's officially December, which means it's Christmas. We're in our Christmas series. Um, Steve kicked off the first week talking about um, how there is um, purpose and seasons um, and times. And last week, Beck spoke a great word on how God has um, purpose in all places. And today I'm gonna be jumping into part three about how God places purpose in all people. Um, If you're taking notes this morning, my message is titled, God Given Purpose. Um, Before I get into it, let's pray. (laughs) Oh, almost there. (laughs) Let's pray. Um, Lord God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for choosing me to share this word today. And I just pray um, that you would speak through me today, Lord God, and that you would use these words. In your name, amen. Um, So I shared this at a 5 p.m. service a few um, months ago. Um, I calculated it. I have been serving at this church and been on our Kids Power Zone Dream Team for 13 years now, (laughs) including the time that I've been on staff. Um, And I love serving in our kids programs now just as much as I did when I was a teenager in high school. And I can count, like I can recount countless conversations I've had with kids that are just absolutely hilarious because they've got no filter and will always just tell you the first thing that comes to their heads. Um, And that's one of my favorite parts of my job, but one of the best parts that I think about my job is that I lead a team of teenagers who get to put aside their time to come and invest in the next generation. Um, And you should be very proud of them, I think, because they're a bunch of 14, 15, 16-year-olds, boys and girls who give up not just their Sundays to come and invest in your kids, but they actually give up their afternoons after school as well, and they often come in and help me put the program together. Um, And I'm really, really proud of them. We have one boy um, on our team, his name's Josh, he's the man, um, and the kids love him. There's one um, boy in our program called Luca, and he is so obsessed with Josh that he had this one kid, his mom was telling me the other day, he had this one kid um, go up to him at school and say, hey Luca, I just wanted to let you know that you're my best friend. And instead of Luca being like, oh, that's so nice, you're my best friend too, Luca was like, well, sorry, I already have a best friend, his name's Josh and I hang out with him every Sunday. Um, It's one of the best parts of my job, and I know I'm a little bit biased, but I really do believe that I lead one of the best teams that we have um, at church. (laughs) Um, But they really do believe in your kids and the next generation, and they choose to serve and be on the dream team and play a part in the bigger picture, not just for them, but for your kids. They believe that... um, that God has a plan and a purpose for them. And I believe that we all have unique callings and anointings in our life. Some are called and anointed for business, some for hospitality, some for teaching, some for ministry. Each calling is unique and carries significance for the kingdom of God. And along with each of those unique callings comes the plan and the purpose for every single one of you, the God-given purpose that He's placed in all people. And it's the drive behind each calling, the reason behind why you do what you do, the reason behind why I do what I do, and that's for us to reach, serve, and influence our communities and share the love of Christ. 
The Christmas story is filled with a bunch of different people, all who might look like they play small parts, but they're actually just following, following the unique callings that they've got on their life and the significant purpose that they have and the drive that they have to actually make God's plan happen. And I believe that there's so much that we can learn from them, but today we're just gonna take a look at three of them. And um, the first one is this. We operate in our God-given purpose when we choose to trust God. Um, my dad doesn't trust me to do the washing in our house anymore. Um, I have a really great relationship with my dad. We like to joke around and poke fun at each other quite a bit. But something you need to know about my dad is my dad is very like, everything has a place, everything needs to be nice and tidy and stay in their place. If something has a pair, it needs to stay together. He just, he likes to have a lot of order around him and, and have a clean house, you know, rightfully so. Um, but I, my dad doesn't trust me to do the washing anymore because I really like to volunteer to do it. Um, my dad has a whole bunch of these funky, like cool patterned socks that he likes to wear to work and that he likes to wear into the office. And I love doing the washing because every time I fold the washing, I like to mix up every single pair of socks that he has. <laughs> and I do a really good job of it too. I don't just um, like mismatch pairs. I make sure that every single pair that I put together is completely completely different. And I don't know what it is, but I just really think that there is nothing funnier than when he's getting ready in the morning and I hear him call down the stairs, Danielle, you did it again. And he's got to go through every single pair of socks in his wardrobe to find a matching one. So he no longer lets me do the washing in our house anymore. <laughs> um, just so that he can be in control and he can be the one to make sure that everything goes in its place the way that he likes it to go. We so often do that with God's plan in our lives, right? We try to be in control. It's the, I know you said that God, but I think I'd rather have it this way. Or look, I know you're leading me this way, but I think it would probably work better for me if we did it this way instead. When we do this, we step out of the purposes that he has for us and we begin to live out our own plans. Until we trust him, we choose to let go of control and allow his purposes in our lives, we will always be missing the fullness that he has for us. The Christmas story started when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her that she was gonna have a baby. This is what it says. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age. And she who said, she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. 
this is not a small insignificant piece of news that she was given. Here in this very moment, Mary wasn't just told that she was gonna have a baby which was, did not belong to the man that she was gonna be marrying. She was actually told that she was the one who was gonna give birth to the one that God sent to go and save the world, save humanity. Like that's a really big deal. Mary first responded by agreeing to what Gabriel said. She was the Lord's servant and it wasn't her position to argue with him and she chose to accept what he said. And Mary then responded with an affirmation of faith that I believe should be every believer's response when we hear from God, and that is, may your word to me be fulfilled. There is absolutely no way that I would have responded with the same kind of grace, humility, and faith that Mary did if I was in her situation. She chose to identify with sinners. She chose to do that so that the purpose of God could be fulfilled. And that takes a tremendous amount of trust in God. Mary responded in a way that gives us the impression that she had absolutely no doubt that God was gonna be there with her right the way through it, that she had absolutely no doubt that God was gonna come through. And as Christians, it's important for us to keep our eyes on God in the same way that she chose to in that situation. When the time comes for you to follow God, when He calls you somewhere that you didn't expect or asks you to do something that you don't think makes much sense, we need to choose that the kingdom of God is actually gonna mean enough to us for us to say yes. Just like Mary chose to trust that God not only knew what He was doing, but that He would be there for her every step of the way, we can choose to trust that God will be there for us just the same because God will come through in our life, but He might also come through in somebody else's. My second point this morning is this. We operate in our God-given purpose when we put others' needs above our own. I was a youth leader for a number of years, um, and now as I lead our kids' ministry, I get to still build relationship with a bunch of the teenagers in our church. And um, uh, maybe a year ago now, um, youth runs these events once a term called Big Night Out. And we were in the midst of renovations, and so it wasn't being held here, it was being held at our Papakura campus. And I had a few of the girls on my team who weren't gonna be able to make it to the bus in time that were like, Danielle, please, do you think you could drive us to Big Night Out? And I'm gonna be really honest with you, my days of serving in youth ministry were like well over at that point and I really was not that keen to give up my Friday night to go um, all the way out to Papakura to an event that wasn't even catered for me. Um, But I decided that they really wanted to go and clearly God wanted to do something in their hearts. So I was like, all right, I'll give up my Friday night of spending it at home, probably watching a movie or something. And I chose to drive them out to Papakura. So I went with them, dropped them off and I decided to stick around and I just, slipped in the back. I I'd, I'd think I talked to maybe a handful of people and just sat in the back of the auditorium. And um, we had a guest speaker called Harry Slade who had come. And I knew who he was because he'd done quite a bit in kids ministry, um, but I'd never met him before. And I was sitting in the back and he came to the end of his message and he called me out by name (laughs) and made me come up the front. And at first I thought, oh, he just wants me to pray for the other girl that he had on stage. But he ended up giving me one of the coolest words, the coolest prophecies I've ever been given in my life. And God ended up using a moment where I chose to be there for somebody else, chose to do something that was actually inconvenient me, convenient for me, to actually reconfirm the calling and the gifting that he had on my life. And I ended up having one of the coolest God encounters I've ever had. 
After the angel appeared to Mary and Joseph and confirmed to them that they were gonna have this baby, there was a census that came out and everybody was told that they needed to travel to their hometown. So that's exactly what Mary and Joseph did. This is what the Bible says happened next. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world and everyone went to their hometown to register. So Joseph went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This event, arguably one of the most important events in human history, um, happened in a public place with other travelers and residents in the midst of chaos and uncertainty. And it happened not just in an inn, but in a room filled with animals and no other loved ones aside from Mary and Joseph. The man who owned the inn, the innkeeper, could have turned Mary and Joseph away at the door because he actually had no rooms, to, no rooms for them to stay in. He could have told them to go away because there was no, no room for them, but he chose to share every inch of space that he had, even if it was only the ones where the animals were kept. Um, he chose to put their needs above, above his own. I had a conversation with Zach, our youth pastor, a few years ago that really stuck with me, and we were talking about kindness. And he was talking about how, as Christians, we aren't just called to be kind, we're actually called to shock people with our kindness. We're called to show them so much more kindness than they ever deserve or expect, because that's exactly what Jesus did. That's the kind of life that he lived. And in its essence, that's what it means to put other people's needs above your own. That's what the innkeeper did that day when he welcomed me and Joseph in, even though he didn't actually really have the space for them. We operate in our God-given purpose when we choose to do the same, no matter what that might look like. My third and final point this morning is we operate in our God-given purpose when we share our God stories. The, The band can come and join me now. Um, I technically started coming to this church when I was nine years old. Um, we, the church used to run a holiday program at the time and my parents always worked on the holidays. So every holidays we went to a different holiday program and we hated all of them until my parents registered us to come here to Power Zone. And I just fell in love with it from the moment I walked through the doors. I just knew I was at home. And it was the people there that really made me feel welcomed. And back then, um, even the team that was serving was also still a bunch of teenagers. And um, I met one teenager called Shemaine, and um, she took a real interest in nine-year-old me. And she made me feel like a million bucks. And all I wanted to do was just be like her. I'd never met anyone before who really showed me that actually you could make a difference um, for the kingdom of God and you don't have to be an adult to do it. And um, I remember sitting and having a conversation with her the one day and um, you, I don't even know if you remember this, but, <laughs> but I remember sitting and having a conversation with her the one day and she was telling me how she had invited one of our, um, one of my other favorite kids leaders to church and that was how her friend had met Jesus. And I remember it being this moment of, oh my gosh, the decisions that I make, the choices that I make, the way that I choose to live my life, 
can radically change the direction of somebody else's. And it was in that moment that I decided that I didn't want my life to look like the rest of my friends. I wanted my life to look like the the call that God had for me. I wanted it to reflect the kingdom of God. The stories that we have, big or small, the testimonies that we carry and hold so near to us could be the very thing that someone needs to give God a go. There were a group of shepherds that went to go and visit Mary and Joseph that day um, after Jesus was born. And a bunch of angels appeared to them and told them to go and visit him. And they were so, um, they were so, overwhelmed by what God had did and the way that He had come through and actually done the exact thing that the angels had told them, that they were so excited about it, they couldn't keep it to themselves. This is what the Bible said that they, that, that they did. It says, And there were shepherds living in, a, in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom His favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherd returned glorifying and praising God for all of the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The combination of the angelic announcement that they had experienced and the sign of a child in the manger, just as they had said, um, inspired the shepherds to tell as many people as they could. The shepherds had such happiness and praise to God for fulfilling the very thing that had been told to them. The Bible tells us that all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. Even if they didn't really understand it, people recognized the significance of that moment by their excitement. Our God stories, the things that God has done in our lives when He's come through, even whether it's something small, could be the very thing that the people in your world needs because the people in our world right now are searching for something that they can only get from heaven. Jesus is for everyone, and if He's for everyone, why keep it to ourselves? Those moments of vulnerability when we choose to open up and share those stories, despite what we think other people might think about them, those are the moments that God's gonna use. Those are the moments that's really gonna speak to the hearts of the people who need them. We each carry unique callings and are placed in unique spheres of influence, but the purpose and the mission for us remains the same, to show the world what it really means to be a people of faith and let Jesus change the way that you live. For some people, we might be the only reference of God or what Christianity looks like that they might ever meet. Let's choose to let our lives reflect what it means to be in relationship with a good, loving God by choosing to trust Him, by putting other other people's needs above our own, and by choosing to share our God stories big and small. Let me pray for you guys tonight. Oh, this morning, sorry. (laughs) Um, Lord God, I just pray um, that you would come right now, Lord God. 
Um, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you would really highlight one person in our world, Lord, one person in our world that might be far from you, might not know you, might seem like they know you, but actually needs a little bit of encouragement to keep going and stepping further into their faith, Lord God. I pray that you would use us, Lord God, that you would remind us of those moments that you've come through for us and that you would continue to do it time and time again when we choose to step up in faith. I pray that you would give us the courage that we need to do that, Lord God, and that we would leave here different today, Jesus. Continue to speak to us in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.